Hi guys, Rob here, podcast editor for Everymind. This week we are looking at the top five trends for the workplace in 2021. Now, as we all know, 2020 was a bit of a curveball and these tips can hopefully help us to make sure that 2020 is our best year yet. This is a great insight on the work that Everymind at Work does. So if you think it could help your business, then head over to everymindatwork.com. If you found this episode valuable, don't forget to share with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. As ever, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a, another session, a session that we're going to be looking at five workplace mental health trends for 2021. This is the first one of the year. We do these webinars every last Wednesday of the month. And um, yeah, it's just our way of kind of giving you guys some value, especially in these difficult, uncertain times. Um, can we just get a quick little test? Can you just let us know in the chat box if you can hear me okay? Zoe, do you just want to give like a hello? Hi, guys. Can you hear me too? I know there's a little bit of, I don't know if it's my connection, but it all seems to be okay. Okay, everyone can hear us, which is good, which is the main thing. So, yeah, thank you guys for joining. We've got sort of more people joining now, about sort of 32 people. It's kind of creeping up. 35 so um thank you for taking the time out of i'm sure your busy schedule to kind of join us in today's session so today what we're going to be looking at is obviously looking back at 2020 the data that we're seeing as an organization every mind at work at the same time looking at sort of the research of what's kind of been happening within this space and then we're going to be looking at sort of five trends to focus on as a business to improve workplace mental health this session is obviously for HR professionals, business leaders, or simply individuals passionate to make change within the organization. Hopefully this is going to be valuable and you're going to take away some strategy or some sort of takeaways um, in terms of sort of moving forward and implementing this into your business as well. So just as a little, who are we, um, as we always do, and I'm sure there's some new faces here as well. Um, I'm Paul, the founder of everymindatwork.com. I'm also a, a passionate mental health campaigner. I share my own story, my own journey of mental health, um, trying to help others that might be sort of suffering in silence. And this is a passion-driven business, but I really enjoy these sessions as well. And then I'm joined by Zoe. Do you want to give you a little spiel? Hi, guys. I'm Zoe. I'm the head of HR at Every Mind at Work. And uh, yeah, passionate very much so too about um, about mental well-being. And, uh, and as, as Paul said, we've got um, lots of passion in the team. Everybody's got their own story. And so it's just nice to uh, to be a part of, uh, of yeah, tech for good and, uh, and everything else we do. Nice. Also, guys, let's just start by just sort of asking how you are as well. Do you just want to put in the chat box how has your week been on a scale of one to 10? So 10 is that it's the most amazing week ever. And one is that, yeah, it's not been very good. So <laughs> give us on a scale of one, scale of one to 10, um, how's your week been? We've got fives coming in, we've got a three, we've got a four, we've got a three, we've got a seven, we've got a, another seven, a four, a six, <laughs> seven, Groundhog Day. Is it 2022? Yeah. Is it 2022? Oh. Yeah. About a four five four so i think there's a real mixture there and, and i'm sure as as we always say here you know that four can turn into a seven this afternoon or that seven can turn into a four this afternoon as well you know mental health is that roller coaster um and and hopefully this session is kind of going to help you in a way of relieving that overwhelm of how do you support all of your employees when you're a four yourself right and i think that's kind of um what we're trying to aim in today as well so can any of you relate to this? I thought I'd put this in here today. Um, does anyone else feel troubled by the fact that the name of next year is literally 2021? Um, <laughs> I'm sure lots of you are, 
are feeling this already. The fact that last year was a very difficult, overwhelming year. And for a lot of us, we believed the year be- you know, was better than us. It took us hold of us and we didn't really know what to do. We were reactive. And then coming into 2021, we all thought it would be a lot brighter. And, you know, it hasn't started that way, let's be honest. Um, I'm exhausted. Are you exhausted, Zoe, of this this lockdown this time? Yeah, yeah. I think what is it, point three or whatever? It's um, yeah. And I th- I, th- I think it's it's been a time for reflecting on um, on whether things are, are ever going to go back to normal, isn't it? I think which is um, yeah, which can be quite um, a difficult a difficult thought and uh, and what we have to do to to fit in with all of that. So yeah, I think uh, I think holidays as well. Like we were we were thinking, oh, maybe we can book holidays and get a bit of normality back in 2021 but I've got a horrible feeling that it, it might be 22 yeah and I love my holidays yeah. that's not good <laughs> yeah and I think you know that's the difficult thing I think you know we all strive um we all thrive off freedom right and I feel like we don't mm. we don't have that at the moment and it's definitely um something that's having a massive impact on on everyone overall so so I think on that guys if you, if you are a four today if you have been struggling with this lockdown then hopefully like this this beginning bit has shown you that you're definitely not alone you know there's so many people feeling the same way that you are and and of course you know with mental health there's that stigma associated with it but hopefully straight away you've seen that you're definitely not alone and there's obviously a community of people out there that are kind of you know feeling the same way that you're feeling as well so in terms of sort of 2020, you know, it's that mental health, you know, mental health was catapulted into top priority for leaders across the world. You know, there's definitely been a rise of depression, stress, anxiety, you know, loneliness and isolation has definitely caused a lot of mental health challenges for individuals as well. And at the same time, we've obviously had to adapt to a new way of living, remote working, dealing with sort of the pressures of homeschooling and, you know, potentially people in our family, you know, being unwell there's lots that we've had to face and companies like Deloitte have predicted that the fallout from COVID will last for a few years and personally from the work that we're doing you know we work with hundreds you know 100 plus businesses in this kind of you know area trying to help them improve mental health within their business you know my concern is very much like when stuff starts to move back you know because you know we're almost used to how we are working now um you know i used to wear a shirt now i wear a hoodie i apologize for that guys but you know (laughs) i'm just so used to it now of just getting up and working here every day but i think there's gonna be challenges as this points out as we slowly start to move back to whatever we decide to call normal Mm. and there's definitely been you know experiences of of routines ways of work working changing isolation that social distancing making us feel disconnected from our organization and our colleagues homeschooling as we said juggling that um you know covid sickness extreme fatigue etc you know zoe have you obviously sort of seen the impact that this is having on employees as well yeah i I think homeschooling as well has been tremendously difficult i mean i i personally haven't haven't got children so i can't i can't speak from experience but i've got lots of friends who have and and things like that i think have just been so so difficult and all this all this guilt around you know i've heard some of my friends saying you know i'm a rubbish mum and i'm rubbish at my job at the moment and there's so much like guilt and uh, uh, and almost like self-shaming around you know 
sort of not doing anything really well because they've got to juggle so many priorities and that that's one of the things that's really sort of hit home to me um around uh, and just the length of time that it's gone on for as well it wasn't just a, a quick sort of snapshot was it it's been going on for months and you know if we're to believe what what we're hearing in the media that you know the schools might not be open again until after easter you know which is a number of months away so uh, you know I, I think um I think that's massive for people to to deal with to try and juggle all of all all of that and on top of uh, as we said possibly having you know relatives that are sick or need caring for um and everything changing it's um it's been a huge amount of things to deal with all at once hasn't it yeah. and, and will continue to do so unfortunately yeah and i think it's almost like that analogy of you know everyone's kind of running this marathon and you're kind of coming up to like mile 24 mile 25 mm. and then someone goes actually we're going to push the finish line like another 10 miles that way yeah. um and you're, you're exhausted and then you're like oh you know i've got to try and slug this out another 10 miles and you yeah know, and it's, it's difficult to do but you know definitely you know my, my wife's homeschooling my two boys and you know she almost has this firstly like oh we're going to plan a holiday because we just need some form of like excitement to, to kind of look forward to mm. but then secondly you know, oh, at least we're doing this until like mid-February or whenever it is. Mm. But now there's kind of rumours of that's going to be extended again. It's it's definitely like really, really draining and exhausting, and mm. um, it takes that it takes a lot out of people. So yeah. you know, I think you know, if we're all saying that there's definitely been struggles that we've experienced, then you know, everyone within your organisation, as I'm sure, had different sets of problems, but at the same time, they're all sort of struggling as well. So yeah. it's about how do we equip them with that? And and again, like we say, we're going to be highlighting those kind of five trends i mean in terms of you know how that manifests within the kind of workplace poor um lower employee engagement people kind of disconnecting themselves from from work and engagement within work you know we do a lot of work as we say with organizations and i think those we we don't have that regular check-ins you know we almost have to force those regular check-ins if me and zoe are in the office i walk past zoe on my way to go and get a coffee and i say you know you know how was how was your evening last night zoe you know and then we have that that casual check-in i don't email zoe and say hey zoe do you want a quick one minute chat about your evening last night you know that that doesn't mm -hmm. that doesn't happen as we're all working remotely so there's that that lack of engagement that we almost need to focus on mm -hmm. absenteeism you know levels likely to increase there was a recent stat that um emily from our team shared that showed the kind of rise the number one cause of people being off work was obviously due to mental health and, and it was actually quite a staggering graph wasn't it zoe in yeah. terms of yeah you know how how much it was in comparison to, to mm. others, you know, productivity, employee turnover, and then of course, you know, slower business growth. And, and I do, this is one of my concerns as well, and I'm sure some of you maybe share a similar concern, that slower business growth, me with my sort of business commercial hat on now, when we're back in the office, do they want employees firing? Like, do we want like, yeah. come on, work, work, work. we need to make that back. We need to kind of catch up here. And how much stress is that mm. going to put on to to employees as well. So we really wanted to kind of highlight these five workplace wellbeing trends for 2021. And um, we'll get Zoe to do the first one and we'll kind of open up the comments as well. If you do want to share any of what we're talking about, anything that might relate to your business or anything that you've tried, you know, feel free to just put it in the chat box as well. Um, but really, like we've said, research when it comes to it, it suggests that mental health and wellbeing needs to be priority in order to safeguard the health of employees, provide a more proactive, preventative approach to health and wellbeing within the workplace. And, you know, that's really our focus, that proactive preventative approach. But these are some of the trends that we've seen from the data that we get from obviously mm -hmm. our platform.
platform and, and the work that we're doing, but also equally from everyone else as well. Andrea, um, I'll put my email at the end. Drop me an email and I'll share the, the graph with you. If mm. anyone else wants to see that graph, it's a really, really good um, yeah. graph to maybe use to get maybe some senior buying as well, Zoe. I'm sure you'll agree with that. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I'll, it was, I'll, it was I'll quite stark, wasn't it? So um, let's kick off with trend one, Zoe. Do you want to start? Yeah, so I think we, we've talked a lot about this, haven't we? Creating awareness and, and reducing sort of stigma. And I think, unfortunately, that stigma definitely still exists within companies. I mean, we talk about having a, an open and honest culture and, and about sort of embracing those conversations. But I think, unfortunately, you know, when you when you do the research, when, when you speak to individuals, um, it still exists in the workplace. So I think that that real focus on education and focus on what you're going to do differently and I think it's not just about um, training you know yes you could put all leaders through training and that's great and that serves a purpose but I think they've got you know post training they've got to have the confidence to be able to you know have conversations and for, and for me it's you know it's linked into sort of their role as, as a coach as well um, again you know we've all seen managers leaders that, that perhaps you know have been over promoted they were good technically but they were promoted into a managerial position but really aren't equipped um, as a leader to have those great conversations to you know to manage people to to sort of show that emotional intelligence and uh, and be able to open up so I think a, an awful lot of work needs to be done in, in that awareness education space I think on the third point we've um, you know something that we've promoted is the use of things like mental health first aiders and again it's one piece of the jigsaw isn't it it's not going to be a silver bullet but I think if you've got people on the ground trained and comfortable having those conversations because I think a lot of it is about confidence and being comfortable and it's all very well us sort of saying well as a leader you should do x y and z and as a leader that you know they're, they're your team so you should have you should have spotted that or you should have dealt with it or you should have provided that support but if we're not equipping them to have those conversations it's probably unfair to expect them to do that you know they're not do they're not doctors they're not sort of therapists and it's quite a complex and serious um, topic. So I think we, we need to almost, you know, give it um, the the airtime and the and, and the quality training and the coaching or whatever we, we need to do. We need to give that the airtime that it needs, not just have an expectation that they'll be able to, to do it. And I think something Paul's mentioned quite a lot is is leaders sharing their own experiences. You know, we've talked about it in the app, how powerful a video um, of one of your managers, one of your leaders, you know, talking about the experiences that, that, that they've been through. Um, I've, I've noticed a couple of articles recently where, where CEOs of, of quite large organisations have stepped down and have been really vocal about why they've stepped down. And it was to do with, with, with mental health and the fact that they didn't want to exacerbate that anymore and they just felt that that environment that corporate environment that they were in was was having a detrimental effect on their health and they sort of had an outpouring of of messages around you know almost like you know kudos for for, for standing up and saying that because it, it it takes a lot of bravery to to do that and it's not going to happen overnight you know creating a different culture 
is really really difficult and you'll 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 know as, as HR professionals that it doesn't happen overnight you know it means linking into your values a company uh, as a company you know what what are you are your core values you know if they've been um, launched and embedded properly that they, they should be woven through everything that you do and I think for me that that sort of open honesty around mental health issues and having those supportive conversations it links into you know your values as a company your culture um and it's important that leaders sort of you know walk, walk the walk and talk the talk as it were and we don't just play lip service to it you know i think yeah. that, that that sort of compassionate leadership that emotional intelligence that should try and come to the fore in you know check-ins and any sort of you know performance management processes that you're having and to make sure that that behavioral side is captured as well because we, we all know that you know you you, you have your objectives etc and a lot of it you're looking at well what needs to be achieved but also how does it need to be achieved and that how is so so important and for me that that links into the you know the the real compassionate leadership and how how you are treated by your leaders and whether or not you feel as though you can approach them and you can have that conversation so there's quite a lot of work that probably needs to be to to, to be addressed there but i think take, taking the steps of focusing on that education and creating that sort of culture of openness is a good step in the right direction and then you just build on it definitely yeah 100 percent. and there's some comments coming in that kind of sort of you know almost in a way emphasize what what Zoe's yeah. saying you know in terms of being humans essential at this time I think someone said you know managers are not experts no offense yeah. of advice they need to sort of know that this is not their role it's to listen and um mm. you know, again just focus on the kind of human element behind it as well and Susan's yeah. also said, as a manager there's a fear sometimes to have in the conversation employees can find it difficult to be honest and accept help um mm. So, so yeah, I mean, I've just kind of jotted down a couple of like, you know, what Zoe said, you know, I think education is so key because I talk about this in my own journey, you know, my experience of mental health was mental illness, right, which was, I don't have to worry about that, because my my perception of mental illness was straight jackets, padded cells and personalities that, you know, was portrayed in the media of something that didn't look like me and my family and my my grow, how I was growing up. So I never considered it. But then obviously, you know, when I did experience, you know, mental health challenges myself and obviously, you know, losing my dad to suicide, it was it was hold on. This is this is a different perspective. Like mm. this is something that, like we should all be looking at. Um, and and I think when it comes to that generation sort of, you know, approach to mental health, education is so key, because if you say to your managers, we're going to talk about mental health, they're going to be like, oh, no, 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 that's mental illness. I don't I don't want to go there. You know, that's nothing to do with me. But actually, if we sort of look at it in resilience and emotional intelligence and, you know, compassion and giving them the basic kind of understanding and tools to ask, listen, signpost, then, you know, that education changes their perspective and allows them to approach it in a different way. Um, and I think, as, as you said, Zoe, that that vulnerability is really key, you know, being bringing your whole self to work and someone just standing up and saying this is my story and you know it, it basically tackles that stigma you know pretty pretty mm. immediately um because while everyone's sort of there suffering in silence feeling like they're the only one going through what they're going through because no one in the business is talking about it yeah and now you have this person saying hold on i'm there like i've been there this is how i'm feeling now i feel less alone so as an employee i'm now going to share and I've, you know i think that's that's really key in what sort of susan said it's about empowering 
every employee to talk about it as well. So, mm. um, yeah, education is so key, guys, and, you know, something to definitely think about. Um, trend two, I'm just the time, and I know we've got a few to go through. Trend two, a different, more holistic approach to wellness benefits. So in terms of, like, employers needing to rethink their benefit offering um, to provide a more engaging selection. So what we're sort of aiming at, sort of, you know, getting you guys to sort of look at here is, is just shifting away from the what and more focused on the why. So typically what I mean by that is the what is the, we've got an employee assistance program. We do something for Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, we've got mental health first aiders. Why do you do all of that? Oh, because we should, you know, or because, you know, we've just done it. So really when you're looking at that kind of more holistic approach, it's kind of like focusing on those preventative sort of solutions as well. Um, I think data is key, you know, asking what employees want, asking what's important to them, looking at the benefits and creating this more holistic approach. We need to move away from that one size fits all approach of we have this. So everyone's going to be OK with it. You know, mental health is so individual. So you have to create more of a holistic approach to, to wellness overall as well. Um, and again, you know, I'm sure you've got benefits that already in the business and maybe it's a benefit that you pay for or maybe it's a benefit that you know the engagement levels are low you know start looking at that and start addressing that and start looking at sort of different solutions that can help with engagement and productivity and general well-being during these times um and again those previous benefits like an on-site gym or coffee shop or free fruit which seem to be the answer to <laughs> mental health for the last um, couple of years um you know, we, we need to we need to consider that. Is is that worth us doing that anymore? Um, yeah. or, or can we take that budget and spend that more wisely? Mm. And and can we take that budget and spend it on a 12 month, 24 month strategy where we know that this is what's going to be happening mm. to try and sort of move the needle when it comes to mental health in the business as well? Um, yeah. Anything to add to that, Zoe? No, no, I, I, I just sort of echo that. I, I think that all, all the research suggests that we, we are going to have a massive sort of shift in, in the benefits that are, that, that are being offered. I think in, in the past, as sort of HR professionals, you know, we look at our budget and we, and we, and we look at, you know, what types of things would are, are you know, is the, is the research and other, and other company data showing us that we should be providing. But a lot of the time we don't necessarily go out and really ask what would benefit. Um, I mean, I remember talking to, to one leader one that was very chuffed that they'd um, rolled out a life assurance program but behind the scenes a lot of the employees who were very young and didn't have children were sort of say, were sort of saying well yeah that's 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 fine but actually at our age you know that's not a benefit that we see as valuable and actually it's only beneficial you know when we die so you know great type of thing and and so there was there was a lot of of comments around wouldn't it have been better to to offer you know x y and z so i think if you can have more of a flexible benefit approach um and, and and sort of budget permitting you know that 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 can be split up and you can work with certain brokers to you know to get some good deals there i, I think i think what's important to people will will become so more prevalent in that in that wellness space and i think that will definitely link into the whole eap side you know do people want more of that crisis support or are they looking for more of the preventative side you know would they would they benefit from from things that would be deemed more preventative than perhaps having i don't know a crisis helpline or, or counseling but i think you're only going to get that sort of I guess rich data. If if you um, you know if you speak to them or you have surveys or whatever it is that you're going to do, but I just I just think that mix that sort of suite of products is likely to change quite drastically as 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 the years go on, and people just want different things. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's again. It's like you know our tagline is, you know, 
taking the guesswork out of workplace mental health because yeah. everything that we do is very much data because you know again feel free to go and run a mindfulness session or do yoga or get a free fruit bowl or do an engagement survey or, or launch an EAP whatever it is but you know how do you know that that is what your employees want as Zoe mm. said and equally it differs for every business it differs for every industry you know if you're in manufacturing it's completely different if you're dealing with people working in a tech organization and the kind of you know evidence-based interventions within those sort of businesses are very different so mm. it's about you know using that data to your disposal and and, and that's going to save you time it's going to save you money and it's going to save you resources so yeah. you know don't don't just guess you know, try and definitely sort of um you know look at it in a more holistic way and, and get as much data as you possibly yeah. can as well um uh, zoe trend free technology yeah and this sort of i suppose this sort of dovetails quite nicely into this because I, I was just going to sort of say with with homeworking becoming so prevalent um and possibly remaining on a on a more permanent basis i mean i think from all the you know conversations and data that i'm seeing i think i think companies are probably going to try and adopt more of a hybrid approach you know we're, we're getting really sort of mixed feedback around you know yes some people are dying to get back in the office because being stuck at home is really affecting their mental health whereas others prefer to be at home because it fits in with their lifestyle it means they can sort of support you know children or, or or school hours or that type of thing so i really do think that hybrid approach is 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 probably going to be here to stay and and from surveys and things that i've seen is is the one that seems to be people's preference but i think with that in mind you know if you've possibly got 50 percent of your of your workplace um working from home then whether we like it or not technology is is going to become more more, more prevalent isn't it as, as that sort of home working evolves um we've seen the sort of virtual care coming more and more in, into the forefront around things like online counseling you know virtual gp appointments or all the different therapeutic services that that you see um you know either on your phone or online i think the use of these digital platforms will become more and more um, important in, in in things like tracking mood and forecasting you know what 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 do we think our employees are going to need more support with I think anything that sort of encompasses you know mood tracking or well-being surveys or anything like that that is is is, is sort of put together in an anonymous way be that you know on an online platform on, on a phone whatever it is I think it's going to give tangible data isn't it and I think um, although our gut feel tells us it's the right thing to do you know you can you can bet that you've got your fds or whoever saying well you know what's going to be my return on this investment you know how, how can you prove it's actually working but i think those sort of tracking mechanisms or all, all that data and analytics that can be produced from, from from digital platforms i think it'll become more and more important and i'm seeing a lot of things around you know hr using technology in a more in a more savvy way um, and what can we what can we do to really use that use that data i think the more people that are working at home um, the combination of, of these sort of I guess proactive interventions that that might have the use of digital platforms will will probably become more more commonplace. I mean, they might be integrated with, 
you know, EAP type crisis elements. Um, and I think that's for everybody to, to work out, you know, what's the best fit for their company. Um, it might it might be that you have um, a different sort of demographic within your workforce. It might be I know I've had experience of of employees saying to me, you know, my, some of my team don't even have a smartphone. So, again, you've got to have one eye on is this going to be fit for purpose for everyone? I think, um, you know, that leads into the whole sort of, I guess, diversity and inclusion point, which which we've got within here as well, that you've got to be mindful that it's not a one size fits all. And the more, I guess, the more interventions, the more solutions that you can provide that fit personally with those individuals and fit different demographics and, and, and different sort of backgrounds and cultural preferences, I think the better really um yeah. yeah that's a good point there neil about being coming uh, becoming surveyed out i guess it's a difficult one isn't it that if you've got you know a, a huge proportion of your people at home um and and possibly you've got a, a workforce of hundreds or even thousands it's difficult to collect that data but yeah i i totally i totally agree and i think what i found in the past as well is that if you don't do something um you know visible with it then employees can be very much, well, we told you this six months ago, what have you done about it? So you need to be able to have, you know, the mechanisms in place to act on that, or you'll definitely get complaints around what's the point of filling this in because you didn't even do anything with my feedback. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, I think on that point as well, no, it's a, it's a really good point. And again, you know, for me, it's about pulling data from as many places as you possibly can, you know? So, you know, mm. obviously, our app is very focused on data, but it's kind of the, the way that we generate that data is anonymized. It's not personally identifiable. It's done through, you know, a more organic way of, of looking at the data. So kind of what are people searching for? You know, overall, is there a rise in people saying that they potentially struggling with anxiety? Um, and we're looking at sort of, you know, that way of gathering data, a more organic way than me sending you like a really long engagement survey. And then equally, mm -hmm. You know, you can use a tool like Mentimeter.com. You know, we use that for our, our webinars and sessions, which allows you to kind of like ask some anonymized questions as you're presenting. And again, another way of gathering data. And I think it's, you know, as, as you've said, Neil, it's not like here's another survey, here's another survey, here's another mm -hmm. survey, because we all know that people can be quite sort of, you know, I'm just going to say yes to every question here. So it's about trying to pull that data from um, as many places as possible. We've also got a question from Susan, actually, I think on the last one, we're struggling to replace what we did face to face to virtual, open to any ideas to support well-being. Um, you know, I think it is, it's, it's difficult, but the joys about virtual is, you know, there's less cost involved, there's less logistics to get something going and you can, you can test more. Um, I would, you know, if you're struggling, you might have to elaborate on that, Susan. Is it like face-to-face one-on-ones um, or is it like a face-to-face -face kind of like overall team discussion around well-being? Because again, you know, you can embed as lots of companies are doing, you know, their managers are checking in with, you know, their team. And one question mm -hmm. that they're asking is like, you know, how are you feeling now? Like right now, today, scale of one to 10, make it really simple for them. Um, that's a simple tip. If I say to you, how are you? You kind of like combine the last year and you say, I'm not very good or you say, I'm fine. It's either one of them. But if I say, you know, how are you feeling like this week out of one to 10, you kind of get a, a better um, understanding and again, embedding that in. And I think just embedding it into your kind of like weekly calls or monthly calls, Susan, um, is a is a really good way of doing that. Um, yeah, but again, you know, technology, we might, we might be biased on that. But, you know, again, being a tech company that focuses on mental health, um, I think 
yes, I, I can stand here and say, you know, we're an app, we're a digital platform where we, we focus on tech for good, but is it going to replace everything in terms of face-to-face mm-hmm. interventions? No. no. Like, you know, there's no way that it's going to replace it, but can it complement it? A hundred percent. Can it mm-hmm. potentially create a bit more of an accessible sort of, you know, way of supporting, you know, staff, you know, a hundred percent. So I think it's, it's definitely sort of looking at that. Um, Susan just says the informal, you mentioned coffee in the canteen. So yeah, I would just kind of like embed that into manager check-ins um, equally. If you want to find out a little bit more about that, Susan, we're um, sending out some ideas and advice about tea and talks for time to talk day. So just like a simple graphic of this is how you run a tea and talk. This is how you do it. Um, kind of embedding that in as well. So just a really, really kind of simple way of doing so. Um, Julia says, I do workplace wellbeing programs for the council. We've adapted all the face-to-face workshops to bring online an opportunity for more people to attend to. Andrea, you might just want to um, restart, although you won't be able to hear that because you've lost sound. Um, <laughs> tip number four, a trend number four, I think she's restarted. A greater focus on diversity, e- equality, and inclusion. So um, in a recent survey, 55% of respondents said their company had policies which promoted DEI, which highlights obviously a problem. 55% isn't a huge, huge amount um again everyone sort of responds differently to interventions and trainings this should be considered and again i think this is really focused on what we were talking about a minute ago you know embedding our app you know may be extremely beneficial for 20 percent of your employees or 30 percent of your employees and it's a tool now that they've got but you know again i'll be the first to say you know it's not going to reach 100 percent of your employees everyone's so different equally we've got meditations on the app we've got longer videos of people sharing their personal experience or articles or breathing exercises and again you know some people are going to want to sit and watch a long story about someone sharing their own journey of mental health but others they haven't got the time for that they just want a quick breathing exercise before they start a meeting so again it's you know it's so individual when we're looking at mental health um and again we need to focus on that as part of our sort of overall strategy um again if we launch something and we say this is the solution we've now got mental health first aiders in the business that is going to change culture you know from my experience it's not you know it's just another sort of intervention within the business but again we need to think about again a kind of greater focus on including everyone as possible um ensure any interventions are capturing differences in learning styles you know kind of looking at the support levels required again i've just come off a call with a potential sort of client who's looking for some resilience training for managers and again, you know, they said there's probably 20 of them that just want a two and a half hour Zoom to Zoom workshop, right? That's how they work. Schedule it in their diary. They'll show up. They'll sit there for two and a half hours and they're done. Other people actually want to sort of do it as like an e-learning platform. So they want to do it in their own time at the weekends, in the evenings, and they want to kind of learn it that way. Um, and again, it's like looking at different ways of, of educating um, employees and supporting employees as well. Um, and again, like, you know, some employees may prefer that lighter preventative route mindfulness others might require counseling um you know they might require therapy they might require more of a sort of you know i guess reactive approach depending on where they are in their journey as well so Mm. it's about again looking at this as i wish there was a one-size-fits-all approach i wish there was a a cookie cutter strategy that me and zoe could share with you guys and everything would be fine right but you know if that existed then my life would be very different i'm sure everyone else's lives would be very different Mm. so there is no one-size-fits-all approach so we have to really consider how individual mental health is and and build that into your strategy as well. Mm -hmm. 
I, th I think that's going to get bigger and bigger, isn't it? I mean, we've, we've, we've all seen the shocking reports about, you know, Black Lives Matter and the, and the protests and, and, all, and, and all of this. You know, you can link so much in, in, into it um, around, you know, not being included or not. And we've all heard about, you know, unconscious bias and interviewing a, a, and, that, and that types of things. And we know the more obvious things. But I think, you know, a lot, a lot of the research is suggesting that your, you know, your attraction strategy, your retention strategy, you know, so much of that is is linked into sort of DEI elements now, and I think more as as well as sort of well being being on top of uh, you know the top of that list, so that the, the DEI elements are, are there as well, and how you attract and retain your employees, and how you you do appreciate you know that, that whether or not you are capturing either their ethnicity or cultural differences or all that type of things it's it's all going to become even more prevalent as um as 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 these aspects you know come to um you know come to the fore in um well it's in the media and it's everywhere isn't it but it but it just makes it makes you realize that as an employer um this could be directly linked into you know your uh, your attraction strategy and, and, and whether people actually feel part of your culture and, and it is a supportive culture that they'd want to stay within um so i don't think you can really you know decouple the two i, I think they do go hand in hand yeah and i think you know again when we're looking at sort of diversity um it's about embedding personal experience and again education i believe because you know i can i can stand and share my story of losing my dad to suicide and how that impacted me now that can have a real impact on some people that might have been through a similar experience but equally if you've not been through that experience you can kind of see it compassionately and, and understand it and maybe see it in a different way um and i've recently been involved in various different panels where we've also been discussing you know racism and diversity inclusion in the workplace and and again you know it's something that the way that i've experienced life i haven't had to consider it much right and you hear someone's story and i'm like I get it. Like I, mm. I get how I get it. I get it now. Like now I'm seeing it in a completely different way. Um, and again, you know, that's a key focus of everything that we do w within our business. It's, it's you know, let's get people sharing stories, whether it's again, you know, OCD, like my perception of OCD was you're clean because that's what we were perceived in the media. But now mm. I've got many people that share their story of OCD and I'm like, wow, like I don't, I don't get it because I don't suffer from it, but I can show compassion to it. And I, and I can see it completely differently now. And that's going to change the way that, as Zoe says, I then approach it and I then talk about it as well. So I think as part of this section, you know, personal experience is, is, is kind of really, really key um, as well. And then um, trend five, Zoe, do you just want to finish up the last one? Yeah, and, and I think we, we've talked about resilience in the past, haven't we? But, but, but I think, you know, you can have all the, all the solutions and all the, you know, the training and the, and the culture and you can have all of that in place and really work on it. But I think, you know, building a resilient workforce and, and giving people, you know, more personal sort of skills and tools to, to help cope is, is going to be more and more important, I think. You know, we're, we're going to be continuing to navigate through all this adversity and challenges and our ways of working are probably going to change enormously over the next 12 months. And I think, you know, having that resilience um, within your within your workforce can, can only help. And it's just it, it's just sort of an extra element within the toolbox, I think. 
providing that training or providing that support in whatever sort of medium that is and not just for leaders as well for, for for everyone I think it's something that we all you know if we are resilient and we can sort of you know bounce back from adversity or bounce back more easily from adversity you know have coping mechanisms for, for those challenges um, and I think all of that you know if it becomes the norm to talk about it going back to the first point around that sort of awareness and reducing the stigma you know if we are talking about well-being within that check-in process and we are really you know delving into our our employees you know being truly resilient or are they putting on a brave face or are they putting on the mask that we've often that we've often talked about or are they really coping and I think you only you can only get to the bottom of that if you have you know great conversations and the and again but leaders are, are equipped to have those conversations and really spot the signs um and 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 again have things within their toolbox to, to to be able to to suggest those solutions and i think considering how your l d offering is going to operate going forward and we, we mentioned before around you know it is difficult virtually but i think it, it given again the possible hybrid approach we are going to have to think about how do we land things virtually and and if we'd normally do something face to face and have you know interactive exercises for for example how can we replicate that or replicate that as as near as possible online so that people still get the best experience and and still get the information and the help and support that they need but i think you know that that resilience hopefully is 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 classed as a more preventative method as well of support you know if people feel more resilient if they feel as though they can cope with challenges cope with knockbacks cope with adversity etc then hopefully they don't get to that sort of more crisis point as we call it because everything has, has gotten on top of them and they've not had this, the coping strategies to put in place whatever they might be and then unfortunately you get to that crisis point so I think I think that that resilience for me comes you know as soon as possible so that you don't get to that point um but but yeah it's 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 difficult virtually and i think as as we've all experienced over over this past year um you know virtual virtual training virtual sort of check-ins and everything it's it it can't replace that sort of water cooler chat as as, as we said before so you, you you can only do your best to, tr to try and um to land those interventions and, and and get those solutions out there but it's um but yeah it's it's, it's difficult isn't it it's a challenge to get the balance right yeah and, and one thing i love about again there's a big emphasis on resilience at the moment and one thing i do love about resilience is the word like <laughs> all, all all resilience is to me is is is, is in a way like us openly talking about you know mental health strategies and being able to deal with the adversity that we've faced and being able to embrace vulnerability and like linda says there's some amazing ted talks on mm. on resilience as well and you know if you're trying to engage an organization if you're trying to engage employees that see mental health as like you know this this thing that they don't want to discuss if you say we're doing a session on mental health, you know, you're only going to attract a cohort of people that might be willing to join that session. But if you say we're going to do a session about resilience and building your resilience, it's a bit more like, oh, yeah, yeah I want to find out more about that. But it's, it's pretty much the same, you know, thing kind of, you know, sugarcoated. So lots of organizations are using resilience workshops as a way of, again, you know, equipping their, their employees with the tools. And, and as Zoe said, 
the strategy that we look at are like these three pillars. These, if you imagine like a funnel and you've got a thousand employees and you focus on the provides the promote stage, which is very much awareness, stigma, you know, making employees feel safe to talk about mental health within their business. Then you look at the next stage, which is provide. It's more about as an employer, can you provide them with the tools, the proactive tools to be able to manage mental health themselves, right? And then you've got the protect, which is if they are in crisis, are, as a business, are you equipped to provide them with that support that they might need? And, and I think as an employer, you can do, you can have the most amazing strategy, every intervention under the sun, like everything, and still people will reach that final point they'll still be in crisis because mental health is, is complex. There's so many external factors as well. But, you know, I think if you can, uh, if you as an employer can provide them with the tools potentially to manage it themselves, I think it's a really, really big beneficial, um, you know, thing that you can do for the business as well. Yeah. Um, Linda says it's good to let the younger generation use their phone to look at TED Talks on YouTube. I would think they learn better this way, 100%. So, in terms of the, those five sort of, you know, trends, I'm going to recap on them in a minute. But one thing I did want to kind of put out there is we are, you know, running some resilience workshops for businesses at the moment. So they typically work, again, virtually. We are obviously, a, potentially we do them in, in person, but obviously with everything going on right now, it's not exactly applicable. But again, the virtual reality of it means that we can attract more people into the session. They're a little bit more flexible. They're also a little bit more affordable. Um, but these resilience sessions are typically targeted. Again, you can have your senior managers or you can obviously have the whole um, workforce as well. And we also have a, an e-learning platform focused on resilience as well. Um, that might be something that you're interested in too. So again, our kind of focus as a business is being that partner to you, taking the guesswork out of it. We have the app, we have a digital solution, we have insights and data, but really it's about working with you in a 12 month period and being able to provide you some support that you might need as a business and like i say there's various ways that we do that but kind of wanted to put that in there if you are looking for some resilience training you know for your senior managers or resilient sort of workshops for the whole business then definitely reach out and we'll be able to send you a little bit more information about that my email is there paul at everymindatwork.com i also put it in the chat box earlier so just drop me an email paul at everymindatwork.com if you want to find out more about the resilience training or about the app or any of the sort of solutions that we can help you with to basically take mental health off your plate as much as you want us to take it off your plate. You know, it's probably one small part of your job responsibility, but equally it's a massive, you know, priority now within the business. So we're kind of there to kind of help you along the way if you need us to. So to recap, Zoe, should we take one each? You know, the first yeah. one, whatever sort of 2021 throws at us. Next, we know with certainty that, you know, wellbeing will feature prominently on our to-do list it's going to be a priority isn't it yeah it uh, certainly is and 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 remember it's not a one-size-fits-all I think we've, we've got to be open-minded to um to having a sort of a suite of different interventions and solutions and and and, uh, and making sure that um that there is something there for everyone really and then also you know we are going to send a replay out of this so again you know you can email me but go, go through the five trends again and sort of consider um, how your business almost sort of sits alongside them and see, okay, this is what we need to focus on first. And again, it can be overwhelming, but definitely look at, okay, this is what we're lacking in the mm. business. This is what we need to focus on um, first as well. Yeah. And don't guess what to do. I mean, it sounds obvious, but engage with employees. Um, you know, if you've got a budget, I guess use that budget wisely um, and make sure you're offering solutions which are going to fit the needs of, of potentially a diverse workforce. So really think about that before you decide what to do. Yeah. And then obviously, finally, don't feel overwhelmed. Like we've said, mm. 
or like I joke, it's hard enough looking after your own mental health, let alone all of mm. your employees as well. So don't feel like you have to do this alone. Don't feel yeah. like a Google search and being overwhelmed with I need to do this, I need to do that is is what you need to do. There's there's plenty of sort of help out there and support out there. And equally, like I said, if you want to drop me an email, paul at everymindatwork.com, whether it's just that you want to jump on a call to get some advice or whether you're looking for some training or some support whatever it is, just kind of reach out and, and we're there to help. And equally, these sessions, we run them, as we say, every last Wednesday of the month. So mm. we're always trying to offer some more support as well. Um, guys, do you have any questions? There's lots of sort of feedback coming in, sort of saying thanks for a great session. So that was very good as well. The fact that we went from one to the other, it's almost like we rehearsed that, but we didn't. <laughs> um, it was, it, I mean, we've got to, I've got to say so much, but that was quite good. Um, you you know, we, that. <laughs> we're getting more and more like as we keep saying holly, holly and phil as holly, the, as uh... the the um, <laughs> yeah i've got i've got to pray i've got to praise us on that one you know you've got to, <laughs> got to give it a bit of kindness um so uh... we've got can, can you can your e-learning be uploaded onto other systems ian drop us an email there, there's possibility that it can we mm. can integrate it into different systems um but it's obviously just um something that we might have to have a conversation around shirley says thanks for this great ideas on how Things have changed now. Lockdown is so long term and we need to change our approach. Um, Lucy says, thank you. This was insightful and informative. Ashley says, thank you for a brilliant session. Lucy says, great as ever. Caroline says, thank you. Some ideas I think could really work. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for joining. Um, again, we do these sessions, as we say, every Wednesday, at one, every last Wednesday at 1 p.m. Um, next session you know, always kind of looking at sort of what we're seeing in terms of the data and the trends and just some just some valuable, hopefully, takeaways that you can take away from these sessions. Whether you yeah. want to, like, have a call with us and find out more about what we do, you know, that isn't the intent. If you can walk away with something from these sessions, then great. But if you do want that extra support, then we're there for you as well. Yeah. Um, anything to finish up on, Zoe? No, I was just going to say shout out to all the HR ninjas as well. We we like to give a give a shout out to them. And, and if you've not joined the HR Ninja group on, on Facebook, um, check it out. It's a great, great supportive group run by Liz, Liz Hanson. So, um, yeah, if you're not a member of that, go and uh, go and check it out. Go Ninjas. Yeah. Go, go ninjas. ninjas. We love our <laughs> HR Ninjas. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And and I think I'd as an HR generalist myself as well, I'd I'd just say, you know, you guys are doing a, a fantastic job. And I know probably a lot of you are, are probably generalists as well. And you sort of feel as though I know I have over the years, you know, you're often expected to know everything about everything. And 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 you know, you, you don't. And so, you know, you're you're doing a fantastic job in what's been probably the most difficult year of your career, I imagine. So be kind to yourself because um yeah you're doing uh you're doing a brilliant job so yeah keep up the good work and you're not alone actually, actually i'm pretty <laughs> certain you might be able to just just request to join and if they say no then then drop me a, a line i'm sure yeah i'm sure it's fine yeah I, th I think they can i think the i think the main rule that that sort of liz is trying to avoid is 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 that it becomes like a sales thing or a pitching thing so it's meant to be like a supportive group around you know for um you know for for generalist hr people and, and, and indifferent specialisms as well but she just doesn't want it to turn into sort of like a sales thing whereby you're just sort of going on there and and promoting you know your 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 business but um but yeah as long as that's not what what you want it for it's um i think she's pretty you know flexible with you yeah employees. exactly and I'm, yeah. I'm very i'm very grateful that i'm a ninja ambassador right so the mental yeah. health ambassador the mental health guy if you want to call me that um but yeah it's an amazing community so um i'm glad there's some ninjas on this session today as well um 
Good stuff. All right, guys, we're going to sign off because I'm cautious of time, but thank you all so much for joining. Thank you, Zoe, once again for your Thanks, insights. Guys. Thanks, guys. And enjoy the rest of the day. Hopefully, we can all get to a seven at least. Yeah. By the end of the Good stuff. All right, guys, enjoy thank you. Guys. Bye. All right, bye.